morning, everyone, and welcome to the morning show. Good morning, Andy. Good morning. How are you? Hot. Yeah, I'm hot too. My eyes are itching today. Allergies? Could be. Heat, allergies. <laughs> and you know what happens once you start itching them? They get worse. They get worse. So that's, uh, that's happening to me right now. 78 degrees right now and a high today of 95. Oh my goodness. You know, yesterday I panicked. I thought we're not going to be able to do anything. It was manageable yesterday. Guess what yesterday's high was? I, 86? 84. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Only. It, okay. Only. And there was a little bit of a breeze too, eh? Yeah, so. we have a heat advisory in effect till 10 o'clock tonight, and then a cold front moves through. We could see some storms tonight, and things will improve. And the weekend looks great. Le weekend looks perfect, um, and there's a lot going on this weekend, yeah. so it should be nice. So we, we had a heat advisory for yesterday, and it really, you know, it's 80s, it's summer, it's June, it's Michigan. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. But today will be 90 by noon, so it'll, I, it wasn't that bad yesterday, but today will be, today will be ugly. It will. The, yesterday they said it was going to be 90. It wasn't. Today they said it's going to be 95. It probably will. So, yes, it can be dangerous, so be careful. Uh, luckily, we have uh, 130 lakes in Jackson County, so. Yeah, just jump in. Yeah, and I think a lot of people will, uh, will be doing that. Yeah, that lake water feels uh, really good in the 90 degree heat. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the uh, water temperature is somewhere in the low 60s right now. Is it? Yep. You know, it's interesting. I was talking to uh, one of our uh, employees that has a pool, mm -hmm. and um, they told me that the heat today and tomorrow still would not heat the pool to where it needs to be. You'd still have to turn the heater on, which wow. I found interesting, yeah. which is another reason that I'm not getting a pool. <laughs> The city council met last night, and uh, they're going to buy a piece of property at the corner of Prospect and Martin Luther King Jr. Drive next to the Dollar General, and they are going to try to uh, make a grocery store happen there. At the Dollar General area? or Yeah, next to it. Next to it. Yeah, they bought a piece of property. Also, they approved the, uh, the Greenwood apartment development uh, pilot. Uh, they approved a tax break for that, so that moves one step closer to... Uh, happening and they approved a plan to use $400,000 at Loomis Park to uh, build a new playground and uh, build some uh, walking trails through the park. Very nice. So that'll be a uh, nice improvement uh, to Loomis Park, which has been somewhat neglected and uh, controversial. The neighbors haven't always been on board with uh, the city's plans for the park. so. Hopefully this will uh, all develop into something that uh, becomes beautiful. And, of course, the building, the Boo Center, uh, they've got a lot of work to mm -hmm. do on that new roof and uh, some other things. Yep, construction is uh, going on right now as we speak. Uh, real quick, summer's already getting away from us as we oh, no. want to sign our children up for these camps and things like that. Mm -hmm. You really need to look at it now. Um, I had a, We have a camp showing up on our schedule next week, and it's like this stuff just hits you, but there's so many great uh, camps in Jackson. Spring Arbor has some awesome uh, sports camps. ShopRat has some very cool camps. Um, and uh, the Jackson YMCA, of course, has some awesome summer camps, but you really need to sign up because before you know it, it's gonna be 4th of July week, and yeah. uh, you're gonna do back to school shopping. Some of them are already fall, uh, like Dalham. Mm -hmm. Today, um, I hate to say this, today marks the halfway point of the month of June, which is like one-sixth of the summer is <laughs> over. All right. That's I shouldn't have said it. I'm sorry. Un uh, unacceptable. Yeah. January 6th hearings uh, that were scheduled for today, they've been postponed. 
because of technical issues. Uh, guess what the reason is? The gentleman's microphone stopped working because he talked into it too much. Similar. Uh, overwhelming demand on the video production staff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get it. <laughs> I, I, I get it. Um, so, it's tough. Um, I don't think they need to say as many words as they're saying during those hearings. Very wordy. Very, very uh, wordy. Just show the videos. We just want to see the videos. That's all we want to see is the videos. That's it. That's all we want to see. We don't want to hear anything. We just want to see what happened. So, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I've watched it for five seconds last night. That's, mm -hmm. that's about all I could care about it. So, uh, We've talked about monkeypox, but it turns out we won't be talking about monkeypox anymore. Good. Yeah, the World Health Organization has announced that they are going to change the name of monkeypox uh, to something else. And I don't know why they couldn't just come up with a name in this announcement, but they say they'll have a new name as soon as possible. Well, as soon as possible would have been yesterday. <laughs> uh, so they say monkeypox um, is discriminatory and stigmatizing. And when you think of monkeypox, you think of Africa. And they often use photos of African Americans when they show people with monkeypox, and it is uh -huh. discriminatory and stigmatizing. And they shouldn't be using um, names that um, are geographic names or animal names when applying to a, to a, a disease or a virus. So we learned that with the Wuhan virus, the China virus, we don't do that. So I don't know how it became monkeypox in the first place. But I don't know. I think it probably was originally that that name and it just kind of stuck so who knows well good i don't uh I, and that's something i don't want to uh, get either the pox i don't want that disease at all so um there's been a lot of news of course with inflation and the interest rates oh my gosh what's happening what's happening <sighs> it's costing a lot of money to do stuff is what's happening mm -hmm. so the feds will decide uh today about by about two o'clock if they're gonna raise the uh, interest rate three three quarters of a point which would be the highest rate increase of that amount since uh, 1994 so how does that affect you do you know I don't understand you don't know. so basically for every ten thousand dollars of debt you have add another seventy five dollars so you have twenty million dollars in debt right now <laughs> that's gonna cost you a lot of how money. does you know I don't know how that works I'm just how does raising interest rates stem inflation how does it stem inflation that's the purpose yeah you want to stem inflation by raising buyer confidence rates. right buyer confidence so i don't know i don't know the answers to any of these questions it's, uh, president uh, biden is going to be uh, going to saudi arabia surprisingly because he's condemned that country which, do you know uh, saudi arabia makes one billion dollars a day in fuel well that's why they have so much money to give uh, pro golfers i know a billion dollars a day. Net profit, Brandon. Net. So it's he's going to ask them to uh, increase the world supply of uh, oil. Oh, that's nice. Remember a year ago, a barrel of oil was zero dollars? We should have <laughs> bought. We should have bought. <laughs> well, you should have, but uh, I remember, I think the last time we were scared about a, uh, a gas increase, we, f we found out you can't store it. It only lasts like six months after it comes after after oh, really? you pump it, 
into say your red container, uh -huh. I think it's got a lifespan of about six, six to nine months. Again, I don't know if that's <laughs> true, but I don't think I so. Think it, I think it is actually. Noah, can you look that up? Well, it gets there's stuff that gets. At I, the I think if you yeah, you could not fill up gas cans. You don't want your, to keep them in the house. No, you don't want to do that no. anyways. But I believe it's a six month shelf life. I don't think so. On that fuel maximum no, of it's twelve. It's chemical. It's it doesn't. Uh, what, what, maybe it evaporates. Uh, T uh, reports he can store gas for a year. <laughs> Is that true? Can I'm going to look it up while we're here. Uh, Lansing, believe it or not, there's actually action happening in Lansing. Um, so what happened yesterday? Um, did you know that? Three um, to six months. See? Three to six months yeah. gas? Yeah, three to six months shelf life. There you go. I was right. If you want to uh, reserve a campground at the state parks, it's hard. Have you noticed that? Mm -hmm. Have you ever tried to do it? No. So there's a bill in the house that is going to give Michigan residents two weeks in advance of out-of-state residents to book camping facilities at Michigan State Parks. Good. So that'll probably happen because the house is... Uh, That's something all Michiganders can agree on, I'm sure. Yeah. We would like first dibs at our own there parks. There are parks. So also, um, the governor signed bills yesterday. Uh, Waitstaff employees who are 17 can now sell and serve alcohol. Ooh. So that frees up. Uh, That's a game changer for em employers, yeah. restaurant employers. It is. It yep. is a game changer. And she also signed the bill that we talked about last week to allow the consumption of food and alcoholic beverages at public swimming pools. So you can now serve alcohol at public swimming pools. That's cool. That's cool. What I like to do is when you have a 17-year-old bartender that's not sure, you know, you can kind of trick them into making a little bit of a stronger drink. <laughs> well, I think 17-year-olds actually do know what the drinks are. Yeah, you're like. probably right. You yeah. are probably right. Hey, family night at the Cascades tonight. Uh, it will be hot, hot, but you can, uh, you know, you can get sprinkled from the fall. So mm -hmm. um, that's going on tonight. So as far as, as, far as we know, the heat mm -hmm. will not cancel that. Michael May will be performing with his quartet. Should be uh, a great show. Yeah. <clears throat> hey, uh, the heat is ridiculous, right? So mm -hmm. our, our friends, the Baileys, they decided they're going to start start doing uh, something else as part of their business. <laughs> Swimming pools? No, paving. Oh. You know, they, so um, Bailey Excavating is now paving. And they're doing business, industrial, and residential. Um, this is the old Kristoff's building on Elm, oh, if you familiar. recall. And What's going to happen to that? I don't know. I think it's going to be some type of doctor's office ah. or something like that. But, uh, yeah, so the, uh, the Baileys are out paving. Hmm. And I'm trying, to, uh, I'm trying to get them to do my driveway like that. Like, just nice. like that, to bring that uh, Carlson in to my driveway. I don't think it fit. So they've got, uh, yeah. So they've got uh, full crew, and uh, they're certainly paving. And I think they're out there this morning as well. So well, you know what they can do now is the whole project. The whole project, right? Yeah. So we'll, we even have like you know local companies that do similar similar uh, work to Bailey's. You know now they'll use Bailey's to pave as well. So it's uh, it's mm -hmm. nice to have a. Uh, have that company here in Jackson. Yeah. Toby great. Jones is doing the inside of that building, so it'll awesome. be very nice. Yeah. yeah, a lot of local contractors. Good stuff. You know, uh, this is June, and it's Pride Month. Mm -hmm. uh, we have the governor who's declared uh, June Pride Month. Last year, the Michigan legislature declared uh, and passed a re resolution honoring mm -hmm. uh, 
Pride Month, mm -hmm. the month of June. Not this year. Uh, in the uh, Senate, uh, they tried to bring it to a vote yesterday, and it failed because Senator Shirky will not bring it to a vote. He wanted to add some words to the Pride Resolution. What words? The words were, though not every citizen in Michigan agrees with the lifestyle of the LGBT community, dot, dot, dot. He also would have removed uh, language that said, uh, that related to preserving the freedom, worth, and dignity of those in the LGBT community. And he would have removed references to the cultural, civic, and economic contributions of the LGBT community. And the uh, sponsor of the bill, um, Senator Jeremy Moss, the first openly gay senator in Michigan, uh, he was incensed and refused to uh, modify his bill. So it's gone off to uh, a committee uh, where it will sit and die. Hmm. Interesting. So, yeah, we've, we've seen um, in sports teams, businesses, um, even local, local businesses um, celebrating Honor Pride Month. But you do hear, you know, not everyone wants to participate in it. But imagine if it was a... Uh, uh, if we were talking about Juneteenth or something like that, mm -hmm. right? Do you think anyone would have as big of a problem in a government about, <laughs> you know, celebrating mm -hmm. Juneteenth? So I, I don't know. It's just, you know, it's just more more drama, it's more a unnecessary drama. Well, it's a population um, of citizens uh, that um, they are celebrating this month, and it's routine for the House and Senate to adopt resolutions. Last month we had. Um, brain Tumor Awareness Month. Nobody voted against that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Day. Let's support that. Uh, those Greeks. Um, it was, uh, oh, Michigan Rail Day. We had yeah, I, I don't get it. I, I don't know. I wouldn't be, the, I wouldn't be the, the one to try and argue that. It's a, if you don't agree with that, I, it, it is what it is. I mean, we're... The entire country is uh, is celebrating and honoring, so mm -hmm. it's kind of making more of a big deal about about it by uh, causing a fuss about it, mm -hmm. in my opinion. So, mm -hmm. oh well, nothing surprising. Uh, Brittany Griner, do you know Brittany? Is she the NB WNBA uh, star that's in um, Russia? She is. Her detention was extended again yesterday hmm. and um you know i'm wondering why it kind of shows you how little power we do have in the country <laughs> right it's right. spooky very spooky now um donald trump got leangelo ball out of china after he uh stole ray-bans and um well, they would have they would have kept him forever had trump not stepped in but um this is absolutely ridiculous that this Poor woman is stuck in a Russian prison. It is um, it, since February, mm -hmm. and it, I, I think it is scary. It shows you how little power our government does have. Like, if you can't go get Brittany Griner out of there for bringing a uh, oil cartridge on a plane, she's over there in Russia making more money because our country can't pay her enough to make basketball or to, to play basketball, so she's over there making more money, but I mean, the, think of the hell she's had to go through. For, Why uh, don't, we, don't we have like a SWAT team? I feel I if I was in, I don't, maybe not Russia, but I feel like someone would come get me. 
after that long. Well, aren't there like commandos we can send over there to, uh, you know, take her out, you know, the helicopter? Can't we lunch? just trade someone for her, you know, yeah. I mean, or something? But yeah, I don't, uh, but yeah, it's scary. Very scary. I think I would, if I was in, if I was in trouble, I would ask you to call, if, call Tim Wahlberg. And I, I would think call Tim, Tim would get me out. Yeah. Yeah. So. You would think that uh, her congressman or woman would be able to pull some strings. We'll kick, we'll kick some Russian diplomats out or you'll let her come back. Yeah, it's... Uh, it's, it's not like she killed somebody. She was bringing in some CBD oil. Yeah, and she's been uh, been detained since February. Yeah, it's just crazy, it's absolutely crazy. crazy. Mm -hmm. And uh, she's married, hasn't been able to it's see awful. her spouse. Just uh, terrible, terrible stuff. Uh, last week uh, at uh, in Hershey, you know, nothing bad happens in Hershey. Hershey, my, Pennsylvania. My wife did a family vacation there. Well, something did ha happen. Um, two people were rescued after falling into a tank full of chocolate <laughs> at the M&M &M Mars factory near Hershey. Uh, the uh, 911 dispatcher said, oh, we had to take uh, oh. both people in. <laughs> no, this isn't what it looked like. These no. are Barrett's friends is who they are. <laughs> they had to cut. It, it wasn't a tank like that. <laughs> it was an enclosed tank. I don't know how they fall in. They had to cut a hole in the tank. To get the kid out? Get, it wasn't kids. It was workers. Oh. You'd think they would... Um, how would workers fall into a, a tank of chocolate? They're fine. They're okay. Probably they new employees. They the hospital. Um, but that's a lot of chocolate. Do, do you think they... Um, they just mixed it up. <laughs> I think they just mixed it up. And, oh, there's uh, a shoelace in my M&Ms. <laughs> watch your uh, candy closely over the uh, next oh. few weeks. Hey, we are celebrating Juneteenth all weekend long, and we have uh, another segment we'd like to share with you, and we are headed out to talk to Golden Gibson, and Anthony Parker has that interview. Hi, I'm Anthony Parker, a member of the Jackson Juneteenth Committee. And Juneteenth means a lot to me. I, when I think about Juneteenth, I think about the history and heritage of my parents and what they had to go through and their grandparents and how we ended up where we are right here today, um, overcoming uh, slavery and making it to where we are now. To become and stay successful in business, especially as an African American, requires one to possess a tremendous amount of perseverance, resilience, and determination. One must fight against and beat the odds of failure that oftentimes is stacked against them. Back then, Jackson was polarized because the racial issues. Heavy. About what years were those? Uh, that would have been 1975, 78, mm -hmm. 80s. Okay. Uh, our community was a lot different. It was defined. Mm -hmm. Black people lived on the south side or the east side. Okay. Few lived on the north side. Mm -hmm. And there was always a criminal crime act in Jackson that was just horrible. Uh, the prejudice factor 
was abundant. Mm. Black people worked in factories but couldn't get loans. Mm. Black people worked in factories and built this community but couldn't build a beautiful home. Yeah. Uh, you couldn't go to the bank and get a loan, but you could stack up money. And the, the highest point was what kind of car you drove because it wasn't what kind of house you had. Welcome back. Our show today is brought to you. Oh, I was going to tell you about Golden Gibson. Oh, please. Did you know Golden Gibson once owned a riding stables at Ellis Sharp Park? Really? You go to Sharp Park, you could rent a horse really? for a half hour or an hour and take it on um, riding tours. Really? Yes. The, uh, that green, old abandoned green building at the bottom of the, uh, the golf, golf driving course. range. Yeah. Yeah. That's where the uh, Double G riding stables were. And... Uh, Back in um, 1975, I uh, I got a horse for a half hour, and it rode it rode me out of sight of the um, stable, stopped, and exactly one half hour later, it turned back. You're and, kidding? Yeah, no, true story. That's funny. Yeah. Uh, my daughter was horseback riding yesterday oh, for did the you first bring some time. Pictures? I didn't. Uh -huh. um, no, I didn't bring pictures, but yeah, she looked like she had a good time. Um, back to what I was saying, our uh, show today is brought to you by Vermeulen's Home Furnishings, now in their third generation of being family-owned and operated. Pride themselves on offering high-quality brand-name furniture at affordable prices. And uh, today's a good day to go pick out some uh, backyard patio furniture. Oh, yeah. Swinging at the Shell, a free community series of concerts happening for the Albion and surrounding communities. An annual concert series taking place in Albion's beautiful and historic Victory Park band shell. Come and enjoy some good old-fashioned <coughs> summertime fun. The concert is free, open to the public, thanks to Caster Concepts, Parks Drugstore, Team One Plastics, and the Albion Community Foundation. The uh, first concert is July 3rd at 6 p.m., the 566th Air Force Band of the Midwest. Perfect for Fourth of July weekend. Swinging at the show. We've got a few scores to bring you from Extreme Dodge, our Extreme Dodge scoreboard, and the 21-22 high school sports season has come to an end. Our uh, two softball teams that had advanced to the quarterfinals fell fell last night. Stevensville Lakeshore won nothing over Northwest. Northwest outhit Lakeshore five to three, but they just could not push a run across the plate. And then Division Three at uh, Adrian College, it was Algonac five and Grass Lake four. And uh, Algonac scored five times in the last three innings to pull out the win. Great seasons by. Uh, both teams, ladies, should be very proud on uh, getting, to, getting to the quarterfinals. Tough loss, but great, great year. That's our Extreme Dodge scoreboard brought to you by Extreme Dodge. Who's on the show today? We have a great show lined up. We're going to get things started with Zoe Lyons right after this break. 
Thank you for listening to this JTV podcast. If your company or organization would like to advertise on a future podcast episode, please contact Molly McClure at viewermail at jtv.tv. JTV, news that brings Jackson together. Welcome back. Today's show is brought to you by The Kilted Farmer. Shop www.kiltedfarmer.com to get your local produce, pantry fillers, fresh baked goods, butcher's cuts, garden plants, and artisan craft goods. And get it all delivered, supporting local, shopping local, loving local, and fighting climate change. If you want to support local business, shop with The Kilted Farmers, thekiltedfarmer.com. And he's actually a farmer who wears a kilt. Imagine that. Now on our show, we welcome the Jackson Director of the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services, Zoe Lyons. Good morning, Zoe. Good morning. morning. How are you? Ready for summer. Is it hot? Is it hot out already? It is. Yes. Like mid-afternoon somewhere else. (laughs) Mid-afternoon heat. (laughs) Yes. I keep looking at this uh, lake photo in the background, and I want to jump into that TV. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Don't step outside, because you will definitely (laughs) want to. But we are we're so lucky we have all these links. We are. You know, we are. This, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm sure they're all be busy today. Lakes and pools. Yes. For sure. For sure. But we uh, have often talked about um, foster care, kids in foster care, the needs of families, the needs of kids, the needs uh, to have some foster parents. Right. And is there a certain age group that is uh, tougher to place? Yeah, our, so our older kids are tougher to place, and I think uh, typically we think of older kids as teenagers, which mm-hmm. certainly fit in that group, but we really start having difficulties at about age 10. Hmm. So we, uh, 10 and up, we consider our, our older kids, and um, it's just harder to find foster parents who um, have the skills and abilities mm-hmm. and the commitment to, to stick with these older kids who, you know, if, I mean, if you think about it, they've probably been experiencing trauma in their lives mm-hmm. longer, you know, than a two-year-old or three-year-old who might go into foster care. And so they just have um, harder things to deal with. Yeah, it's a know? hard time in life, too, getting ready to oh, you know, middle sure. school ages. Um, but how important is home stability um, amongst all the other stressors that, uh, that kids have these days? Yeah, I, I would say it's number one. Mm-hmm. I mean, having having parents you can count on and a safe place to lay your head at night is um, really key for all of our kids. And so when that doesn't happen and we, when kids have to be in foster care, first we look at relatives. Mm-hmm. So we have so many amazing relatives that step up. But we also have the situations where um, the relatives have, you know, they've sort of been dealing with this family mm-hmm. or this child for years and um, sort of the term burning bridges Mm -hmm. comes up where they you know feel like well the kids have burned their bridges with me we've tried and and um, frankly we just need you to really stick in there with them you know like they're gonna be hard kids um, but they need to know that somebody's there for them no Mm -hmm. matter what they do that they're gonna make mistakes and we're still gonna love you and we're still gonna um, want you to be part of mm-hmm. our family and in our home and uh, it's a hard thing yeah it's a hard commitment to make um, I, I have uh, friends with foster kids what's something that I could do to help them out oh well so um, one is be there for them just to, mm-hmm. they might just need to vent or talk or sure. say this has been a really hard day or um, we had court you know mm-hmm. foster parents know about court dates and 
and maybe that was a hard time. Yeah. Um, but just somebody to listen to them. Um, it can be uh, providing some, some time for them. So I'm, I'll come over and I'm gonna stay with your kids while you go out for dinner. Mm -hmm. let, just let them uh, go out and just have some time away, get to be with each other. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, you know, we all need that. <clears throat> um, you can give them some, some money or gift yeah. cards so that they can go out. They might not be able to afford to go out for dinner. Mm -hmm. um, and then, uh, oh gosh, things for the kids. So, you know, foster parents don't get paid a lot. Right. I mean, literally like 15 to $20 a day, okay. which barely feeds kids. And so when, when Christmas and birthdays come, they may not have a lot of extra money. So how can we help purchase mm -hmm. birthday gifts or um, Christmas gifts for the kids that, that are in your home? So um, just ask them what they need. Having a support group around a foster parent is um, and it's gonna allow them to be more likely to keep kids in their mm -hmm. homes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, special people that um, take this on. Oh yes. I wonder uh, how um, long the um, the placements are for because I would think that one of the tougher things to know is that you're gonna ha have a child you're gonna raise be part of your family for a couple of years and then maybe they're not. Maybe they right. They go back home. Yeah. yeah. The goal is to go That's back the home, goal, right? right? That's yeah. the best thing for kids is to be able to go back home. So uh, we really try to have everything taken care of and kids back home within 12 months. We really, that's our goal, is for them to have permanency within 12 mm -hmm. months. Permanency means going back home, or it could mean we've made, there's been a decision made that the parents are never gonna be able to do it, mm -hmm. and so they've moved into an adoption phase. Um, but going back home is the best thing for mm -hmm. them. So we're working, the foster care worker is working really hard with the parents of the yeah. child to change things so sure. that the child can go back home. What but it does, it sometimes does go into two and three years, unfortunately. And uh, we're gonna take a quick break, Let's but uh, yeah, many questions many when we questions. come back. We're gonna take a quick break back with Zoe Lyons after this. Thank you for listening to this JTV podcast. If your company or organization would like to advertise on a future podcast episode, please contact Molly McClure at viewermail at jtv.tv. JTV, news that brings Jackson together. It's a perfect day for Frosty Boy and Vandercook Lake. I'll be going there right after this. We're back <laughs> with uh, Zoe Lyons, and we're talking about uh, foster care. And you mentioned 12 months is when you want to try and uh, get that child back into the home. What are some situations that uh, happen where all of a sudden the child is forced into child or foster care? Excuse me. Well, uh, child abuse and neglect mm -hmm. is the terminology that we use, right? And that, that can mean, um, it, so neglect typically looks like um, failing to provide something. So we get a lot of environmental issues. So um, homes that are not uh, clean enough, mm. they actually can cause disease and, and some illness. And so uh, kids have to be removed in those situations. Mm. Uh, could be physical abuse, could be sexual abuse. Um, either way, any of those things that occur in a child's life, are they're traumatic. Could be drug use by the parents, mm -hmm. domestic violence are things that we see quite regularly. Um, and they're things that we then need to work with the parents to, to fix. And mm -hmm. uh, that can take some time. 
Yeah, I can't imagine what you must see on a daily basis. And it's really, it's, it's, it's a tragedy. Mm -hmm. Kids having to grow up and be af mm -hmm. afraid of someone putting a cigarette out on their arm. And, right, uh, yeah. The, the number of par uh, parents that you need is always gonna be mm -hmm. um, dwarfed by the number of kids that you have to place. Yeah, it really is. And you know, the other thing that we uh, need is, is people willing to take siblings, sibling yeah. groups because kids, it's, it's amazing. So I've been in this work for 30 plus years. And so we, I've talked to lots of kids who have been in foster care and they're adults now. And, and they say, I understand why I couldn't be with my parents. They were mm -hmm. not okay, right? Yeah. We know, mm -hmm. they know how they were treated or what they were living with. But what they don't understand is why they couldn't live with their siblings. Mm -hmm. why, couldn't, why couldn't I be in the same home with my siblings? Sure. And some siblings are even adopted by separate homes and they lose mm -hmm. relationship. I mean, you see stories yeah. on the news about this right. all the time. And so- Yeah, people reconnecting after 30 some yeah. odd years. It's sad it's and ha sad. it's happy to see, but it's so sad that uh, right. siblings are taken away from each other for that long. Yeah, so, so families you know, willing to take in you know, two or three mm -hmm who are siblings is really helpful as well. And just knowing it's important for them to get together and visit if they can't right. uh, live in the same home. What age do kids know if some know that they're not being treated well or something's wrong at home? I guess that's kind of a hard question mm -hmm. to answer. But. You know, I guess I would say maybe when they get to school and mm -hmm. they start com you know, comparing themselves, their mm -hmm. lives to the, the kids around them. Mm -hmm. Um, prior to that, if they're just, you know, their world is their own world, yeah. I'm not sure that they necessarily understand. They might feel pain and, sure. and hurt, you know, emotionally, but do they understand that that's not what everyone is going through? I'm not sure. Right. Mm -hmm. So, and it, it probably just varies depending on the child. Mm -hmm. How often do you have parents that, you know, a week or two into the adoption, um, they say, oh my God, what did we get ourselves into? Often. I'm sure it happens, right? Often. Yeah, yeah and, and it's not always a week or two in. Frankly, it can be years and years in. And it's one of the things that we talk about with our ACE training and brain development. You know, some people adopt a child who's four years old, who's had a mm -hmm. lot of trauma in their first four years, and they do okay mm -hmm. for a number of years. But as you get into those middle school years, when your brains are developing in a different way, and and we're, you're realizing that your brain has been affected by the early abuse, then behaviors start happening. And we, we have had adoptive parents who just say, it's too hard, I can't do mm -hmm. it, and, yeah. and bring them back. And then we start the process right. all over, and the trauma start all, I mean, it's, it just, it's, those are really sad situations, yeah. and they're hard on everyone. Yeah, so support adoptive parents. Yeah, that's it's, a great way. Yeah, we, as Andy said, we know families that uh, are, are adopting, and it is. Uh, it's so life-changing and they need the support so any way you can help it would be greatly appreciated and if anybody wants to uh, join uh, <laughs> the ranks they can uh, call your office yeah they can just call my office we also can always use donations you know we we have funds but funds mm -hmm. are uh, they're governmental funds yeah. and they can only be used for this and that and you know sometimes we need uh, food to give the kids who were are at our office for a while or you know yeah. things that just aren't covered so all of that is helpful great to see you thanks for coming in thank you appreciate it Zoe Lyons is the director of the Jackson office of MDHHS Dave Elwell from Blackman Township is excited about an event that's happening this afternoon we will preview that next
Thank you for listening to this JTV podcast. If your company or organization would like to advertise on a future podcast episode, please contact Molly McClure at viewermail at jtv.tv. JTV, news that brings Jackson together. Juneteenth is happening this weekend, and it's happening in downtown Jackson. Friday, June 17th, and Saturday, June 18th. Friday, there'll be a local law enforcement and community leaders social justice and criminal justice reform panel. That's at the Michigan Theater. Doors 9.30. Program will start at 10. And then on Friday evening, a Black History stage play, 1619, Welcome to America. That's also at the Michigan Theater. Saturday, there'll be a resource fair, job fair, and kids zone, 2 p.m. downtown at True Community City Square. There'll be food and sales vendors along with Motown, R&B, gospel, and more. Tons of music and entertainment. Great celebration this weekend, Juneteenth. Joining us now from Blackman Charter Township and the uh, Local Development Finance Authority Board, Dave Elwell. Good morning, Dave. Good morning, Mark. Welcome to the show. Nice to see you. Thank you. Uh, you picked the hottest day of the year <laughs> for your uh, outdoor in the middle of an empty field event. Will Let's be, be clear, I didn't pick it. Will there be a tent today? There is a tent. Yes! I drove by late yesterday to make sure that was up. Debbie Kelly and crew have been working hard to get all that done. So, yep, it's going to be a scorcher, though. This is exciting. So uh, 140 acres shovel-ready in uh, your township. Talk a little bit about uh, what went into this project. So it has been a long time in coming. Uh, Smart Park is part of the Blackman LDFA, which is Local District Financing Authority, and that was established in 1991. Uh, and then the Smart Park portion of it came afterwards. Uh, there's two sections to the Smart Park South, which is south of County Farm Road, in this new section north, uh, 140 acres that is available to build on. Uh, the parcel itself was actually 181 acres. And that 181 acres was the site of the original County Poor House, or Poor Farm it was called. Mm. Uh, that was established in 1839. I think you had my friends Ken White and Linda Haas on a couple months ago uh, talking about the cemetery there. but. So the original one burned in 1886, got rebuilt. Uh, the county adopted a millage in about 1960 and then built the new medical care facility on Lansing Ave, moved all the residents there. The second building burned down uh, before it could be torn down and the property was then sold off. Uh, the Jenkins family uh, bought part of the bigger part of the property. Uh, Seventh-day Adventist bought a small portion of it they built the school there adjacent to where the county poor farm used to be. And the Jenkins family has been farming that land uh, since the mid-century. Hmm. And I believe the original uh, portion south of County Farm Road was purchased from the Jenkins family as well. I think that was 80 acres. And now we have this uh, 181 acres. So good thing. That's been in the works for four years ago, I think, is when the property was bought. Across the street from uh, Technique and Chemical yes. and Tech. So you're hopeful that we'll get uh, developments like that? We are. Uh, of course, that whole area is uh, LDFA. Part of it is Smart Park. Chemital uh, or BASF now and Technique are in the Smart Park. Uh, TAC is not because it's been there so long. 
I think 1991 is when it went in. Uh, but there's been a lot of development in the LDFA in that time. I think $156 million uh, in real and personal property, uh, 1,100 jobs. Uh, TAC is one, I think, that went from 55 jobs at inception hmm. to 950 now. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, wow. it's incredible. So getting yeah. the land, uh, so that's not, you know, the end all and be all. Uh, it's in order to make it attractive to develop, you've got to put a, essentially a ton of money into it. You do, Bart, and actually, uh, I didn't realize how long I've been sitting on the Blackman LDFA board, but it's been, I think, since uh, 2006. And we fretted about the purchase of that 181 acres. It was a lot of money. Uh, I think it was you know, 905000 is what we paid for that. And that is a lot of money, and you need to remember it's taxpayer dollars. Mm -hmm. uh, but an LDFA is set up on the premise of capturing those taxes and then using them for a purpose like this, uh, which is the advancement of more area to attract businesses into. And when I sat on the county board, I remember a number of years ago, we took a trip uh, around the county. I think it was Tim Rogers that organized that to look at properties in different townships that were closest to being shovel ready. And I think it was a given that everybody agreed that uh, this property in Blackman was the most shovel ready property that we had. And of course we have everything that's there. We have sewer there, water there, high speed internet, uh, consumers power has high pressure gas there, high voltage electric there. Uh, some of those things are being upgraded. For instance, the sewer uh, is being upgraded in size and looping the system back to operate more efficiently. And those are the useful things that the uh, LDFA capture funds are used for and what they're destined for. And we're excited about that and the prospects it brings to drawing more business in. And 5.9 million also coming from uh, an EDA grant, which is uh, great to put some of that money to use, right? It, it is, and then another, I think, almost a million and a half uh, from the Blackman Sewer Fund, Sewer and Water Fund, to enhance the sewer mm -hmm. system. And it's not just serving the smart part, uh, it's to make the system more efficient by looping it, looping it back. Uh, and the road improvements, of course, the, the first phase is gonna be in the smart part getting the roads in, the curb and gutter in, the sewer and water done. Second phase will be the roads, which happens next year. Uh, and that includes not just the strip from Blackman Road to Airport Road, uh, but improvements to Deering Road. I think at least a, a flashing warning light there and probably other improvements. And Springport and uh, Shirley Drive, if you're familiar with that intersection, will have upgrades done as part of that too. <clears throat> and part of the bigger part of it in front of the smart park is widening the road a little bit, uh, adding sidewalks on both sides, putting a traffic light in at what's called Technology Drive. Uh, the road into the smart park will have a different name. Uh, but as you know, Bart, I spent quite a bit of time out there working on the cemetery, and I was surprised by the amount of foot traffic and bike traffic down the road. And the road itself is narrow. I think the road base there is over a hundred years old and probably been the same width all that time. Uh, but there are a lot of employees that uh, traverse on foot that way. And of course we have uh, the trailer park, which you can see in the graphic here mm -hmm. uh, with a lot of traffic by two. So just a lot of good things happening there. 3.30 this afternoon, the 
groundbreaking. Dave will be there along with uh, federal and state authorities, the uh, Enterprise Group, Blackman Township, the Jackson County Road, Commis uh, Road Commission, Department of Transportation, Jackson County, JC Enterprise Dot. Group, JC Dot. Yep, great cooperative effort. Hard work by everyone involved. We'll see you there this afternoon. Very good. Thank you, sir. Thanks Thank you, sir. Thanks for coming in today. Thank you. Uh, Dave Elwell from the Blackman Chartered Township, LDFA. More of the morning show after this. Thank you for listening to this JTV podcast. If your company or organization would like to advertise on a future podcast episode, please contact Molly McClure at viewermail at jtv.tv. JTV, news that brings Jackson together. Welcome back to the morning show on JTV. Want to remind everyone about the Al Glick Youth Football Camp that's happening on Saturday. And uh, still time to sign up. It's only $15 for a uh, great day. When you go out for uh, ice cream on a day like this, do you do the drive-through ice cream or do you get out of the car and go up to the window? It depends. If Danny Aminati's standing outside, I'll get out and talk to him. <laughs> if not, I'll drive through. On a day like today, passing a tall soft serve ice cream cone into a car window has oh. a big risk. It does, especially with a child. <laughs> so um, maybe don't take them out for ice cream in the car. Yeah, no, it's a walk up with kids. But I know, I've seen people, they drive through they, and then they immediately, they're out on the road. Mm -hmm. That is not gonna make it home. No, they no. eat it on the way home, they which I don't like home. to have ice cream in the car. So, because you want to have it when you get home, because you want to you want to sit down and enjoy every bite of it before it melts. Yeah, before it melts. So. Uh, we got uh, news from the Bronx Zoo. Uh, an elephant, and I think Brandon, you're, you like to go to the zoo. Mm -hmm. uh, an Asian elephant named Happy has been at the Bronx Zoo for more than forty years, and he's going to stay there after Good. New York's highest court ruled that. Happy is not a person and not entitled to a human right. An animal advocacy organization sued to have Happy released <laughs> because her human, her human rights were being violated. And the court said, no, you know, um, Happy is an elephant and has no human rights. Who are these people with all this time <laughs> for all this paperwork? Happy apparently is happy. They, you know, while Happy doesn't live in her native uh, Rhodesia. She's probably likes she, it. I mean, she been likes here it. 40 years. Yeah, it's I mean, 40 years. Probably comfortable. She probably doesn't remember. Probably runs the roost. No. So that was the first uh, case of a human rights case for animals um, ever before a court. Interesting. So, Happy will continue to be happy. It's like, when you name the elephant happy, you're able to say as part of your argument, she's happy. That's true. That's, That's a true. fact. She's happy. Well, I, uh, I will never see that animal in person, <laughs> so I wish happy yeah. the best of, of luck as uh, he or she or they finish out their days at the Bronx Zoo. Another thing you won't see anymore, the Internet Explorer, <gasps> um, Microsoft, is killing it. What? We, the good. once popular browser, Internet Explorer, is good. no more. Good. It breaks everyone's computers when I they use it. it. Yeah. yeah. No. Get get it out of there. It's, it's uh, 
it's been replaced by Edge. Is that it? Um, but the number one most popular uh, browser? DuckDuckGo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Chrome. Chrome. Yeah, Chrome. Chrome. Yeah. Chrome. Chrome. Uh, and then Safari. And then Safari. what? Safari. Oh, Safari. Apple, oh, yeah, Apple, Safari. Safari. Apple, Safari. Uh, good place to cool off today, Minions at the Michigan Theater. Showtime's at 11 a.m. and 2 p.m. In the uh, first ever air-conditioned building in Jackson County, the Michigan Theater, and still using that technology. Yeah, yeah that's amazing. Hey, we've got some sports camps. Spring Arbor's got sports camps. And uh, Molly was there this morning, and her daughter's doing tennis camp. So this is live action from tennis camp at Spring Arbor in the 90 degree heat. So uh, best of luck to those children. I think it ends at one o'clock, so they should, uh, they should be able to be cooled down ah, nice. by the time they go home. So thanks, Molly, for sending us those uh, pics from Spring Arbor camps, and nice to see those camps underway. Uh, tomorrow, mm -hmm. um, it's, um, it's our Father's Day show. Oh, our Father's Day show. So guess what? What? Your brother, Joey is going to join you and me. Oh, that'll be interesting. On the morning show. Wow, that's fun. Yes. And uh, one of Jackson's greatest dads, the pastor, Reverend James Hines. We've got a lot of good dads on the show tomorrow. Yeah. A lot. Yep. And Jeremy Patterson, another great dad uh, from JPS. You got great dads on the afternoon show today, too. We do. Um, Dre, uh, Deputy Jay Trushan and Deputy Dan Deering from the Sheriff's Department, Josh Smith from Western, Jason Christ from Spring Arbor, Julia Reed Nichols and Andrew Thorpe with the pinups on tour, and Steve Tucker from the Michigan Theater all this afternoon. Thanks for watching, stay cool, and we'll see you this afternoon.